How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode of Snow the Goalie is proudly brought to you by Pack Horse Moving. Listen, moving doesn't have to be hard. Give the professionals at Pack Horse Moving a call at 877-309-PACK. That's 877-309-7225. Or head on over to their website, packhorsemoving.com slash snowthegoalie. When you set up your next move with Pack Horse Moving, make sure you let them know that you heard about them on Snow the Goalie. Give them the promo code SNOW, and they'll take $77 off of your next move. Again, give them a call at 877-309-7225. Or go to packhorsemoving.com slash snow the goalie and give them the promo code snow to get $77 off your next move. They serve the tri-state area with locations in Norristown, Pennsylvania, Burlington, New Jersey, and Wilmington, Delaware. Give them a call, head over to their website, plan your next move, use promo code snow. Is there a better moving company than Packhorse Moving? Nay. They didn't tell me to do that. I, I don't know. Maybe they'll like that. Or not. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll regret that but I don't regret hiring them to do our move a couple of years ago. They did a great job. They made it stress-free. They did a fantastic job. Pack Horse Moving, a big thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode. Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to... Snow the goalie. 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 Welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's podcast, the Players podcast, the Prognosticators podcast, the Pedialyte podcast, the only Flyers podcast. And of course, you know, there are some out there who acknowledge that we are the only Flyers podcast, and there are some people who call us. silly podcast. And we're here, and we're excited. And why are we excited? Because the Flyers, for the first time in about two years, finally have a captain on the team. A new player has been awarded an A as well. And could that be a sign, a signal that one of them is on the way out? We're going to get into all that and more. Flyers also had a nice a nice performance in Toronto last night, so we're going to get to that as well. But before we do, I want to introduce the men who are here. They're absolute buttes, and I put them in the middle. Bundy is in the middle. Ant is on the side. Gentlemen, good morning. How are you? Doing great. I got a new word for you, Russ, for the open. Yeah. We we got to be the um, the procrastinators podcast since because we are we're never, never on, on time, time because of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Procrastinators podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So new P word for you. Ryan Ingrick is already very upset that Bundy's in the middle. <laughs> Should we? I you never realize how much Alice Alice San Filippo. Uh, you never realize how much uh, you know people get used to seeing 
everybody in a certain spot. All right, here. There you go, guys. Okay. Now we're all good. Now we're there we fine. go. I hope that helps everybody return to a bit of normalcy here in these unprecedented times. So, We got somebody from the University of Helsinki uh, history uh, coffee room today. I mean, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So how Six we do, hours guys? ahead. It's great. Yeah. Uh, no, it was... Uh... Just enjoyed uh, enjoyed the game last night. I thought that they. Why is Ant yellow, Bundy? Do you see that? He just got jaundice. I, I think it's the lighting in the room. To be honest with you, it was fine until just now. Now you're you're half oompa it's like loompa. The, it's like the same color as his water bottles there at the games. Yeah, there we go. Now you're you're close <laughs> enough. Let's let's. There oh, it God. is. Oh, there it is. Ant, you gotta hydrate. Holy it's hell! Orange, orange today. That's even worse. You should go to the hospital immediately. Orange. What do you got in that bottle, buddy? <laughs> uh no i thought that the flyers played a pretty good game last night all told um it, you, you take out that stretch in the second period where they got austin matthews um i thought that they actually played a pretty pretty strong game against a, a, a team that needs you know toronto needs to win games too because they had fallen in the standings and they're into in why they were in a wild card spot and uh I thought the Flyers played well. I mean, really, on the whole, I don't know. I don't know about you, Bundy. I thought if you kind of got the same feeling, even though you lose the game and you lose it in overtime, you get a, still get a point. It's one of those games where you go, "Yeah, that's a good point. That's a that's a hard earned point." Yeah, I'll take absolutely take the point. Uh, good fight in the team to come back. Uh, I'm trying to think is taking some points off of last night's game. So the Flyers, I thought the first half. I mean, they earned the one nothing lead. Uh, mm-hmm. They held on to it, and then the Austin Matthews show took over in the second period, and nobody could defend him. Like nobody could individually stop him. Um, then the third period takes over, and you know, and again, you know, I think the good thing watching this team is when you see them, they don't quit. There's teams in the past with a lot of these same guys that would have just mailed that game in last night, and, and Toronto would have gotten a a four one lead. It was they almost did have a four one lead on a power play where they had the empty net. I think the Flyers some players in front had a really good stick and got the puck out. But uh Delorier had that fight uh, yeah. after Cam York got absolutely rocked, um, which was a great hit. I mean it really was. Those are the hits you can't remove from from the game of hockey. You know, there still yeah. has to be a price to pay to some degree to keep your head up. Um but that kind of changed things a little bit for the Flyers. They got a little bit of life uh, under them late uh, power play uh, one power play after another for Toronto uh, or for the Flyers and uh, Toronto with a mar- little marching uh, band to the penalty box gave the Flyers some offensive life the one thing in overtime which is interesting the Flyers never touched the puck one time in the overtime they never had possession for a second of that overtime last night um, you can see the game uh, with the high-end skill last night. Like uh, the Flyers really uh, – you, you could see like Toronto with a one guy like that can 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 really take over with time and space on the ice. Um, I'll take the point. I, I thought it was a good start for the Flyers, and then Toronto absolutely took over the game till about the 10-minute mark of the third. Uh, I don't think the Flyers had a shot on goal for almost 30 minutes maybe. Uh, and when you add the, the numbers up from the end of the first right through the, the third, I mean, they didn't have a, they went a big span without shots. I didn't love their game last night, Anthony. I thought it was okay. I thought they, they came back late, but Toronto's just okay. Like, I mean, they got a great player in Matthews and some skill, but I mean, I don't know how that, they're not going to, I'd play them in a second in the playoffs if I were the Flyers. Like, I wouldn't be, 
you don't have to deal yeah. with the skill. You don't like to with a guy like Matthews, but like if you're the Flyers right now and you think you're good, you're not happy with the loss last night. Like even coming back because I don't think Toronto's any good. So well, that's, I mean, I that's just a, don't. No, that's yeah. fine. That, that's a fair point. I mean, if you look at it from the perspective of the opponent, um, I just think when you look at the way that the if you just it, if regardless of the opponent, if you look at the game that the Flyers played. I think that it's just that stretch in the second period where they give up all the goals of Matthews, that that's the only time in the game where I kind of felt like, yeah, it was snowballing on them a little bit. Uh, other than that, I felt that they actually controlled the game. I thought they played their the game that they wanted to play uh, otherwise. Um, you know, you look at it, you had I felt that they had two bad changes, the one on the one Matthews goal and then the other one in overtime. I felt like both changes were the, you know, they were trying to get guys off the ice at the wrong time and it created opportunities for the for the Maple Leafs. And then of course they score the game winner in overtime the same way. But otherwise, I, I really did like I, I like the way that they still controlled and dictated the way the game was being played. And I'll tell you, that that third line, which you, you wouldn't think that those guys would be third liners in the NHL, but they've been playing well together. Um, Paling, Hathaway, and Cates usually would be a fourth line, right? But they're playing as the Flyers' third line. They've been really good, and you know they get the, they kind of got the Flyers back in the game. You know, getting that second goal that kind of changed things there in the third period. I thought that they had a strong game the the entire game. Um, so, like you know, you're getting contributions from guys that aren't like here here are the guys we need to lean on every game and they're going to want to be the ones that come through. I think that when you get the games that you're getting from those players as well, you know, that's a good sign. Again, that's a really good sign for when you're playing against teams, you know, night in and night out. If you get to the playoffs and you have to play the same team over and over again, they're going to try and take away your best players. So you need the, you need guys further down your lineup to do things if you're going to make if you're going to win a series or win it you know win a game and then win a series. Uh, you, those guys are going to have to play well, and boy, I think those guys have been playing well together for a few games now. They have, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, the one thing last night it's evident too when you when you uh, just watching the game a little bit in, in the uh, the second period with Matthews. This is why it's so important that you get guys that can handle that kind of a player, right? Like some of the defensive stuff last night, I just watched just, I'm just kind of sipping by some of the stuff here, watching through some of the goals last night. And the third Matthews goal, actually two of them. I'm not sure why Sanheim, if you watch the third goal, he goes down and puts his stick down flat in front of him. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what he was doing. Like the defensive play to make is to only play is to put your stick out straight out onto the puck or get right in front of, of to, to block the shot. Would he, I'm just watching a guy like that with Matthew shoot. He is so unbelievable at finding that open seam to get the shot off. But at the same time here, just wa- rewatching it. You got to get Sanheim's either got to get his body in the play or get his stick down on the ice. And then that puck will rise the stick and go up into the netting behind the glass oh, every time. So that you can't allow that shot to get off, but also Urson. They really seem to pick off, um, looks like about two or three feet off the ground on his blocker side. So actually his his glove side, it seems to be where they really go. Sorry, I'm sorry, glove side. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. There does seem to be be a a favoring of shooting on his glove side. 
I, I've yeah. noticed that because it, it was funny. That's why when I talked to him in the locker room the other night and I asked him about being flashy with the glove saves, there were some shots that were on the glove side, you know, and that's when he said, you know, I guess sometimes you get a little sassy, right, <laughs> Went with, as a goalie. And he was getting feeling, you know, just having some fun by saying that. But at the same time, you know, you could see that teams are targeting that side of the net against him. No so there doubt. must be something that they're seeing on film that tells them that that's probably a weaker spot for him that said he's not getting beat a ton there but it, it, it's evident that that's where teams are trying to shoot uh three, you know yeah three yeah. goals last night were all scored about three feet off the ice on the glove hand side all three goals yeah. and then yeah. uh the well the overtime not but i'm talking about the three uh, regulation goals yeah and that could just be matthews is just that good right i mean it could just well be i mean the guy's got what 40 46 goals now or whatever it is which is yeah, he's got the he's got the Cy Young of hockey, Anthony. We call it right. <laughs> he's got like forty six goals and fifteen assists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible, but pretty incredible player. But uh, uh, still, I mean, it's um, uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it's something that you know, obviously, Erson's got some stuff to work on, and you know, that's probably part of it, and and that's but that's okay. I mean, that's all you know. You see now, you know what you want to see is how much does he and Kim Delabaugh, the the goalie coach, actually start fixing that or finding that, and say, okay, look, teams are going there. Let's we we're seeing that. Let's let's identify what the issue is and and see if we can fix it. And so like that, you know, just like a hitter, you want to make a baseball reference since we're in spring training mode at this point um just like a, just like a hitter in a, against a pitcher right pitchers know where uh, the the holes are in a swing of a batter so a batter then has to work on fixing that so that the pitchers can't you know attack that spot in that same vein sam erson's got to work on fixing the spots so that guys don't shoot for the same spot over and over again and make, make them look for something else it's all good stuff guys yeah, yeah. Um, I like that for a 10-minute overview there, Russ, while you're doing whatever point. you're doing on your side. We'll take it. We'll take the good point, though. And, um, you know, I mean, again, it's hard to get to come back, and the Flyers did find a way to do it. Toronto, I mean, that's that's a dream team to play in the playoffs. Like, I know they have Matthews, mm-hmm. like, but, but again, if you get a good you get a good pair and you get, you're get able to shut them down, a team can beat those players. Yeah, you I have, mean, they don't have they have power play. They, yeah. they don't have good goaltending. I know they were missing Morgan Riley, so they're, but their defense isn't great, right? I mean, it, so it's a team that, that play likes to play. They like to play that north-south style as well, but they don't really have the – the, the game in their own end that the that the Flyers are much more defensively sound team in their own end and they block a ton of shots whereas the, the Toronto is not that and so yes of course this Maple Leafs team is not built for the playoffs if they get in they're going to be playing either Florida Boston or the Rangers and I don't think that they can beat any one of them in a seven game series well, well they have to play uh, yeah I mean they're going to have to play Right. Okay. I'm just saying if they finish two or three in that in that division, right? That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. Yep. And then if they if they finish fall to the wild card, they're going to end up playing the Rangers. And so I don't think that they can. I don't. They think can they beat can the beat, Rangers. I don't they think they can beat, beat any of them. So they can, they can listen, Anthony. You just you make your way into the playoffs, and anything can happen. That's what that's what somebody on this show has always told me. You just that's, have to get yes. in. Just you get just in. Just have to get in. Just yep. get in. Yeah. How do you? Um, before we move on, because there's a, a really big story that happened around this team, I want to make sure. Oh, this is this is good, Allison. 
Nice. On YouTube, girls are home from school today. They're up watching Snow the goalie, waiting for the Bundy bomb. That's how she's like. The girls are three and five, and they're just sitting here waiting anxiously to hear it. That's, that's great, great parenting. It's It'll happen. Just parenting. Happen. Allison is is among the top fans that we have because she's she's still running that spreadsheet with 126 people, I think, uh, who have participated in the predictions. So she's got this big old spreadsheet that she's been managing, and uh, she's among the best of us, you know, which is awesome. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You know what else is awesome, guys? That, of course, is our friends over at Pack Horse Moving. Now, listen, you don't have to make moving hard. Moving itself can be stressful. It can be difficult. It can honestly be annoying. It can be a total time suck. But Pack Horse Moving makes everything easier. They will make your entire move a seamless process. They're very professional. They're actually pretty funny. The guys who moved us a couple of years ago were really funny. They kept it light. They made moving a breeze. If you head over to packhorsemoving.com slash snowthegoalie, you'll see our promo code SNOW. And when you set up your move, either online or by phone, give them the promo code SNOW. Let them know that you heard about us or about them through Snow the Goalie. And you'll get $77 off of your next move. No matter what size, you get $77 off your move. But Russ, I'm not looking to move, but my child is. Can they use the promo code SNOW? They sure can. Hey, Russ, I saw somebody in a random community page. You know you're from Phoenixville when, or you know you're from Swarthmore when. Can I tell them to use promo code SNOW? You sure can, because you heard about Pack Horse Moving through Snow the Goalie, and now they can hear about Pack Horse Moving through Snow the Goalie. So again, use promo code SNOW, get $77 off your next move. They have offices in Norristown, Pennsylvania, Burlington, New Jersey, and Wilmington, Delaware, proudly serving the tri-state area, and coming soon to Georgia. So if you're down south looking to come back because you're saying, you know what, this, the orange and black, they're getting me so excited, I have to leave the south, I'm coming back up, I'm going to buy season tickets for next year. We had a hello from Atlanta this morning. Someone checked in from Atlanta. You put it up on the screen. I forget. I don't remember who it was, but if you're in Atlanta and you're looking (laughs) to move, Pack Horse Moving, use the promo code SNOW. I think the funniest thing would be if when I talk to uh, to Ryan from Pack Horse Moving at some point here in the next week or two, it'd be really funny if he's like, yeah, we got a a random person signed up in Georgia. It's like, (laughs) it's the only Flyers podcast. So anyway, a big thank you. uh, And I I like this. uh, Eric H., Traded at the at the trade deadline, call Pack Horse Moving. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. So there one. you go. Yes. It's all great. So $77 off use, promo code SNOW. Joe Papel asks, are they a silly moving company? They can be a little bit silly, and that's what makes moving with Pack Horse such a breeze. So, um, guys, there was a, another thing that happened, obviously, and that is that the Flyers finally named a captain. Now, it's interesting because if we go back even a year, if we go back a few months, the constant um, thing that we were told and that the media were told and that the fans were told is that there would be no captain on this team, that the head coach had no interest in naming a captain. They didn't feel the need to name a captain. But then, well, they went and they named a captain. So Sean Couturier is named captain of the team. 
In a corresponding move, Travis Konechny gets an A on the sweater. So they have their new leadership crew. Scott Lawton keeps his A. We're going to talk about Scott Lawton here and his future in a second. But I just wanted to get your initial reaction to seeing Sean Couturier get named captain. Was there another option in in your mind, I mean, Bundy? I don't think so. Yeah. You know what? Like, close, but no. Yeah, and you know what's interesting when you look at the the whole process of how they got here? It was Sean Katuri that was doing the audition for that job for for the whole year, and they want, probably wanted to make sure that he was healthy. Uh, TK absolutely deserved an A, but but Coots is the C. That was a great choice and and, and quite an easy one. Um, it was a no brainer, you know. And and again, somebody asked a good question here: What's it like to have a guy like you know Coots as a captain? Is he a good choice? And uh, he is for me, especially having a coach like this. I mean, you, to uh, to have not had a buffer for almost two years for any player, yeah, uh, under this kind of tutelage is very difficult to not have someone to roll something off of. Maybe Lawton was that guy, but it's really something when you have a guy with a C on your jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, and again, I I do think that there was the right call, you know, to to take time to to find a leader. But I mean, it was the guys that we would have suspected anyway. It wasn't like anything, any great reveal. Like it wasn't, you know, like some fucking genius created it all and said, "Oh my God, look at we've we've evaluated this and this is a." You know the next John Rambo here. You know leading the platoon. It's not. It 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 was Coots all along. It was an audition. Nobody needed to fucking, you know, overthink this. Right call. Great play. He'll be a great captain. There it is, ladies and gents. The Bundy bomb. The girls um, just celebrated in Allison's house. There you go. That's good. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, it, like Aunt. This felt like the the right call. This is the guy that I think we've long thought was going to be the captain. Um, part of me thinks that, and I, I tweeted this yesterday, but like part of me thinks that a big part of the reason that he wasn't made the captain was because Tortorella wanted to see if Couturier could return to form. You don't want to put the C on a guy and then he's out. So you've gotten this far into the season. He's remained relatively healthy. And so now he's proven that not only can he stay healthy-ish, but also he looks similar to the two-way forward that you thought he would be. Yeah, I have I mean, to think that part—that part that might be part of it. Yeah, it's certainly part of it. There's no doubt it's part of it. But I, I'll tell you that I think that the timing of this of this whole thing is related to the fact that the team is making a push for the playoffs. If this mm-hmm. if this team was not a playoff team and like out of it. They wouldn't have named a captain when they did. They would have waited. They certainly would have waited. I think that I think that the fact that they're there and they're and they're believing in themselves and they're pushing for this playoff spot now, they felt that it was this was a, a, a time to have somebody in that position because you, you they feel like that's something you need to have for the postseason, right? So I think that that that's why the timing is what it is. And look, the only the, the, you know we talk about TK. TK is certainly a guy that that has ramped up his game and and he's an emotional leader right um so like he's he definitely deserves an a the only other guy that i felt all along and i've wrote it three years ago that that could be captain material is lawton but the fact of the matter is is that 
I'm not convinced that Lawton is here long term. So I think when you look at in the comparison between the two, right? If you're if you feel like it's a it's a you know apples to apples kind of situation where there you could go with either guy. The difference is is Couturier's under contract for several more years. He's going to be here. He's going to be part of this team. Scott Lawton, there's a chance that he's not. Uh, there's a chance he is, but there's a chance that he's not. And so therefore, between the two you lean more towards Couturier. And I think that that's really how that is determined. I don't think that there was really any other question. Um, it, well, there, there's, an, there's an interesting question here from Eric Berkey on YouTube. Who would get the other A if, uh, if Lawton is traded? Would it be Sealer? Bundy, were you surprised? And, and I, I want you to kind of put on the, uh, the old player hat here. But um, it doesn't seem the most common thing in the world to have all three of the guys in the leadership crew be forwards. Like, they're no, no representative on the blue line. Are you surprised that they opted not to go that way? Do you think that that's where this could head if Lawton is traded? Like, would we expect there to be a defenseman named to it, or do you just leave it as, as one captain and 1A? Well, that wouldn't really be what the process was, right? I mean, that's why they just waited two years to find the right guys. So, you know, is it automatically a defenseman gets it? I was the next best, you know, guy. I mean, I, I don't know if Sandheim is is that guy. I have no idea. That That's yeah. where the coaches and management figure it out. I'm not around him enough in a day. But why does it automatically have to be a defenseman? I mean, I know if you're looking at a term in years, it makes sense, but I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. You know, if someone's, someone's going to get the A, or they'll just leave it out as it is for the rest of the year. If Lawton gets moved, it'll just be TK. I mean, they went 1A for two years. What's the matter now if you got it 1C and 1A? Yeah. Um, you know it's what fair. I mean? Like, at, at this point, it kind of looks like it, it just looks odd if you do it that way. I don't know. I, I The right move was made. They have two assistants in place. They have a captain. That looks like what you're heading into the trade deadline with and whatever happens with, uh, uh, you know, um, with, with Scotty will, will happen. And that's the way it will be. Uh, I like Hathaway too. That's another good guy. You know, like you say, talking about guys that I've seen, you know, and, and there are, there are teams like, you know, that don't necessarily have their like all-star superstar player as a captain. Um, and there are guys that, uh, that they're, they're half away. I don't know. I think there's other guys and I think it's, it's, uh, it's important to, to know that. I'm sure that the, the coaching staff and management have a good handle on who would deserve another A who would get it. Okay. Um, there was something very interesting that happened yesterday and I wanted to get to this. I think it would be remiss if we didn't have a, a moment to talk about this, but, um, John Tortorella met with the media yesterday. Are we going to skip over the fact that Couturier got slashed in the game? Yeah, we'll, we'll come back out? to it. We're oh, going to we'll come, come back to it, to it because okay. we're, we're talking about the leadership crew oh. right now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a thing that happened yesterday. So um, John Tortorella spoke to the media, the assembled media, and he was asked some questions about the decisions that the team made with the leadership core. And I thought that the way that he started this uh, – availability was was interesting it was notable so i just i want people to hear what john tortorella said first what, what's the first thing out of his mouth just just listen john obviously the big news yesterday was sean Couturier being named captain you you were pretty steadfast early on that you didn't want to name a captain i guess what changed and what made him the, the choice well i thought you know i think our room has grown as we started the year and uh, we subtracted last summer in order to get our room in order 
it's grown, and I, th I think it's it's time that we uh, that we add it to the leadership group. And Sean's handled himself very well since he's come back. Uh, I think he's very well respected in the room, and uh, that's the choice. I think TK uh, has brought a different level of game and attitude towards us. I think he deserves uh, being part of that that group with the letters. Uh, that's not the whole leadership group. There are other people, but as far as the letters are concerned, we feel comfortable with these three. Just a sloppy. All right, so I thought that was a little bit notable because while he does talk about the importance, and he does eventually get on to talking about how Couturier was a total pain in his ass last year wanting to play, which was a good line, uh, and about Konechny's maturity and, and improving. I thought all that was great. But the first thing that he says to the media is that we needed to clean up the locker room, and we had to do that by subtraction. I thought that was interesting because they, they obviously did some wholesale changes. They didn't get rid of every guy who was on the team last year. So I just thought that was a, a very interesting remark. So then I started thinking about, you know, well, who is it that they removed from last year's team? And so here, here are some notable names that were moved last year. Uh, they removed Kevin Hayes. They removed Tony D'Angelo. They removed Ivan Provorov, James Van Riemsdyk. They removed Brown, Lemieux, Braun, Bellows, and McEwen. Now, I don't know which guys we're talking about here as being addition by subtraction. I'll just allow people to, I guess, come up with that, let them figure it out on their own. But I thought that was a very interesting thing, a very interesting angle to take when talking to the media for the first time since naming Sean Couturier, captain. It's interesting. So we can now move back to, uh, to what pot, you want there, Ant. Pot stirring much there, Russ? It's not stirring the pot. I just think it's interesting that you talk about addition, oh, addition by there subtraction. There was another. I had the uh, – there was something funny yesterday that, um, that Torts had said too before the game. It had nothing to do with that. He just said how dumb today's players are. Oh, that <laughs> he was actually, great. I mean, you actually say, geez, I really miss. It was almost like, gee, I really miss when fucking guys weren't as dumb as they are today. That's <laughs> it was, what it wasn't like you know, in, in his version of English. You know what the best part about it was, though, Bundy, is that he tried to stop himself from saying it and then said, basically said, screw it. I'm going to just say it anyway. <laughs> Can't help himself. Yeah, I've never he heard it. Like, here, I've got it. Yeah. I've got it right here. Hold on. Let's <laughs> let's actually play because it, this, it was, this was gold. Yeah. It actually was. I mean, it was. this is gold. Here it is. We'll get oh, there eventually. Sorry, huh, Russ? There we go. With the younger generation, how has that changed from your perspective? With the young athletes that are in our league right now? Oh, my God. It, it is uh, – it's a different league. It, it, it's, a, it's a different league in um, – I'm going to be really careful how I say <laughs> it. Um, I, 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 I think there is – well – it's a dumb league. It, 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 it is, it's changed for coaches too. And we've had to make adjustments because there are so many mistakes made. And I, I guess the thing with the young athletes is sometimes you have to wait your turn, right? As far as gaining respect and, and not wanting everything right now and not expecting everything right now as far as ice time, as far as your contract, whatever it may be. Sometimes it's good just to wait your turn and earn it. I think that's where I think the athletes have, have changed. They have entourages around them that I think direct them the wrong way. And 
the hierarchy of a room, the hierarchy of what it is to be a pro, the process you have to go through as a pro, I think's lost a little bit with, with the athlete now. And, uh, it's something I miss terribly in, in being in the lead for so long, seeing where it's gone to now. Great athletes, great skill, great speed, but uh, the mental and the understanding what it is to be a pro and, and respecting the National Hockey League, that's where uh, I have some struggles. All right, so, Bundy, you were cackling there. Wow, it was so can good. You, can you, like, what, what was it that made you cackle, Bundy? I, all I was thinking when he was saying it was, what would this guy have done with Allen Iverson and this posse? I know, right? I know. That was fucking 20 years ago. Like, what are – it's not like a psychology psychology degree. I have four kids. I have three daughters. Two of them still play in Division One basketball. They're actually older than some guys on the team. I happen to think they're outstanding and very, very bright. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe it's a sport thing. Maybe it's a gender thing. I don't know. But, I mean, that's hilarious. It Basically, in plain English, folks, what he just said is, yeah, you know, I've watched the league a lot in the 20 years I coached, uh, and there's just a bunch of dumb fucks. And uh, I have to be a leader, and I have to teach them how to be young men so that they can be the best version of themselves. It, 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 everything's Buddy, did different. You, things did different. you have an entourage? Did you have an entourage as a player? I never had. The only fucking entourage <laughs> I had was a dog when I took it around the block for a ride. <laughs> that was my entourage. Uh, I, I, I've never heard – I'll be honest I with still, you. I still don't see the NHL player in the entourage. That one was the one that got me. Yes. I, I've never I, – I go I, – I know NHL players. I've never known an entourage to ever <laughs> clam around or follow around an NHL defenseman. Now, I don't know about star power up front. Maybe they've, uh, they've required and commanded posses now, but that wasn't for me. That's it. <laughs> that was the thing that kind of surprised me. It was like entourage, like in hockey. I don't think I've e I don't think I've ever seen even the superstars of the league have an entourage that walks around with them. Like just just don't. I mean, they're just hockey that, guys. Never are just normal it. guys. Like I, I, it's weird that he said that. I'm like, really? Is, is there a chance that he's referring to like a a locker room click? No, I think what no? he means, okay. I, if you want my honest opinion, I think what he means is that there's a lot of people probably advising players these days, a lot more p people on that side of things on how to, you know, how to go about their business on a daily basis um, th than maybe ever before. Um, I think individual players probably have, and Bundy, you would probably know this better than I do, but maybe, um, you know, they have their own person, you, know, you have your own personal trainers and you have your own personal uh, chefs or, you know, nutritionists or whatever that are outside of what the team is providing you. Um, and like, I think that those kinds of things are, are probably what Torch is referring to. You know, of course, then you got your financial people as well, who are also also always telling you what to do and how to go about your business. So I, I think that's probably what he means by the entourage, as opposed to just a bunch of, you know, hanger ons who are just trying to hang around somebody who's who's got some money or is a little bit famous or whatever. Um, I think that's I think it's a little bit different of an interpretation, but I think that's what he's going for. And the other part, too, though, is that, you know, like talking about giving guys, oh, they want everything right away and they, they expect everything right away. Well, because the league's set up now to give them everything right away. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, again, nobody has to fucking earn anything anymore. You come in and you get $40 million tossed at you after three years if you got marginal numbers. I mean, 
no wonder. And the guy's 21 or 22. So you can't really go bitching about it uh, because ultimately at the end of the day, what, what brings up upon that perceived attitude uh, is glory and finance. Well, and the expansion right, of the you know, league, like ultimately. Well, the expansion of the league, Bundy, I think has created an environment where, you know, we always talk about all these extra jobs that are now there that they oh, weren't there before. God. And so, but what that does is that creates an environment for players to come into the league at a younger age and be asked to do more at this level than they ever would have before. And so when you have that, I think that that's where that level of entitlement now starts to come in a little bit because you come into the league now at 19, 20, 21, and you're being asked to play bigger minutes. And now it's like, well, shit, I'm 21 years old and I'm one of the best players on my team. And they think that I'm a superstar. And well, then I need to I need to be treated a certain way. And how dare you think to bench me if you don't think I'm playing well? Don't you know who I am? I think that's the kind of thing that has that has been born out of this more than mm -hmm. anything else. And I think so that I think that's kind of where. Yeah this all comes to play, right? Yeah. And I, and I am an old school, like I, I actually, um, echo what Torch says sometimes. It's just any how he kind of says it openly, which is kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, there's a societal shift and that's why, uh, I, I understand everything he's saying guys coming in and having egos. Remember I traveled with these guys afterwards. So I've seen a lot of different generations of players and, and it is different. There's no doubt about it because guys used to come in and it was there was such an honor playing in the league and just making it. Now there's so many jobs like it's like everybody gets a shot, you know. And uh, um, and and that that is what it is. You're right, Anthony. I think you make a very fair point there, which I didn't consider is that you know guys come up. There's too many jobs, too much expectation for the amount of actual bodies that they can have do those jobs because some guys just can't do them good enough. And quite right. frankly. Most of them, that's the case with a lot of them. It's, you know, the interesting thing is going to be to see whether or not, you know, like I see a lot of people in the comments that are, you know, saying that they think it was a veiled shot at Gautier um, for having so many people potentially in his ear in this, in the total 180 that he did from wanting to be a flyer to not wanting to even answer a, a phone call or meet with anybody from the organization. And, you know, I think the, the real conversation to have here at some point is going to be like there's a chance that hockey culture is going to change and it's going to start to look more and more like what you see in the NBA and what you see in the NFL right and like the the concept of player empowerment like it it at some point is bound to happen right like the the good old-fashioned hockey culture isn't going to be able to stand the test of time with this thing right and the way that players are empowered to advocate for themselves and they, they need the reasons why and all that like at some point it's going to happen and it's going to happen a lot uh a lot more and, and i'm starting to wonder if top picks you know like are we going to start to see that that ego are we going to start to see that you know uh willingness to be outspoken are we going to start hearing more from the player agents are there going to be more complaints when a guy gets sent down or a guy doesn't make the nhl roster from you know, for opening I, day. Like, I think, I, and I, I think that that might be like where things start to head and how do teams react, you know? Yeah, I, and I'll tell you this, and, and Bundy, maybe you can you can attest to this as someone who's played with the guy, but I think we're going to see more and more now with the way things are with, with you know, college college sports in in U.S. and the way it is with the, you know, these players that are that come in feeling entitled. And, you know, we saw it here with, with this just last month with the Gauthier thing. 
that we're going to find more and more star caliber prospects who are going to tell teams, don't draft me. I don't want to play for you. And yeah, you know what? It's going to be like the Lindros thing. Yeah, and you again. know what? You're uh, and and you're right. But the thing is, the more guys you have, like uh, uh, where you get the the prima donna, the Flyers trade it to Anaheim. The thing is, when you have a situation like that, that that creates its own story, and it allows other guys to create a narrative around that too. If you don't like where you're at, I, I mean, I really think you're right, Anthony. Like, when does it come a point where guys are like, you know what? Uh, I'm not playing in Canada. Yeah. Seriously, like that would be the one. I'm just sorry I'm not playing in Canada, no matter what. So I'll either sit out or you trade me. That's a problem for real teams because, I I, I mean, there are really small market teams up there or even here. Like someone says, hey, you know, I don't like I don't like the look of Buffalo. I don't want to go play in Buffalo. Yeah, and this is a great point from longtime follower BJ Beretta, and it's, br- it's, it's really, really smart what he's saying. He says there was a study about how Gen Z views sports. They follow favorite players as opposed to teams. And other sports, players dictate where to play. I think that is bleeding into young hockey players, player over team. And he's yes, a thousand percent right. Hundred percent. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's become more about the individual in this generation than it has been about the team. And I think that that's you know we've maybe not seen it happen in hockey as much because hockey has been always the ultimate team sport right but we've seen it in basketball we've seen it in football we've seen it a little bit in baseball we see it in soccer soccer right yep. i mean you saw the whole news with killing mbappe that came out about how he's wow he's look at right? you look at me wow. knowing my soccer stuff wow. going on right? uh no but it's true do. Ant. like yeah. back like back when i was teaching i taught in a high school right and i i, I always used to say this to you the weirdest thing was that you wouldn't see Sixers jerseys everywhere, right? Like you would see some Sixers jerseys, but then you'd see a Steph Curry jersey, or you'd see a Kevin Durant jersey, or you'd see a LeBron jersey. And it's like, it seemed like foreign, the whole concept of of not having your team's jersey. Like same thing with football teams. It's like, it it's going to continue to happen. And and like, again, you know, you mentioned with soccer, but like soccer is like the perfect one, right? Cause guys get moved so frequently that like, you'll see they're a Ronaldo like, Jersey from Real Madrid. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, and they're like mercenaries, wrong, but they yeah. are, they're mercenaries. That's exactly yep. what they are when you, when it comes to it and they do whatever they want. I mean, guys making that kind of money to go play in like uh, Saudi Arabia or wherever they in yep. Dubai. I mean, it's insane. Yep. And but again, the, the loyalty, that's why it's important when you get a guy that loves to play in a certain city or passionate about it, um, that that's so, that's so important. That's so mm-hmm. important to have a guy that has those good values, you know, and um, I think a, a lot of NHL like guys, I think they have kids that play. I think a lot of them have those good values still. That's why there's a lot more guys playing and a lot more offspring are playing sports now. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell you what, there is that entitlement thing. I do understand Torts' frustration with that. Uh, but at the same time, there's not a whole lot you could do with it because the, the rules dictate that it's a younger guy's league now and they pay these guys, all of them. So yep. that's nothing you can do about that. Unfortunately, that's human nature that comes into play afterwards. Yeah. And I, there was a, a really good comment up here and I, I think this is, this will probably be proposed at some point. Once teams start getting burned, once guys start saying they're not going to play for certain teams, Michael De, uh, Michael DiGennaro says on YouTube, if this is going to happen, they need to make a rule where a team owns a player's rights indefinitely after being drafted. I'm sure that at some point a team will propose it. The Players Association will have a absolute 
conniption. There's almost no chance it happens. It doesn't but, matter though, because if the player goes, so let's say that they say that's fine, that's fine and everything. So let's yeah. say the guy gets. Uh, I'm from Ottawa. All right, now mm-hmm. I'm not. If I were a modern day player, I would, would be my preference to not play in Canada. It's not because of the finances or how they. I mean, taxes. Yes, you get paid in American dollars. It's the travel for me going through the airports. It, that's would be one. That's a huge reason. When you get yep. treated like gold and you're getting all these great flights on the stuff where you pull up the tarmac and then you got to go park your car at the airport in Toronto, go through, you know, hopefully there is a process. But when you go back, you got to go right through the, the t- customs terminal. So that would be one of the reasons. But um, it, there, there is absolutely reasons why players won't play in Canada. And, and I'm telling you right now, Aunt Russ, that even if you did that, you could still tell the team if they drafted you for a team like Ottawa and say – you know what? I don't care what you say. I'm still not playing here. So if you're a first round pick and you're a high first round pick, the team's got no choice but to trade you because you're their asset. So either way you do it, the player I, that's what it'll come to. And it's all all it takes is a player and his agent and family to have enough balls to say, you know what, out of a fucking I uh, love Parliament Hill and the canal. It's beautiful, but I'm not living there. So you can trade me or I'm not going to play. And then that'll be up to the team. To then say, what do we do? I hope this doesn't become a mainstay or something that happens regularly. Yeah, but it will. Yeah, I guarantee. I promise yeah. you, it's going to happen. It's going yeah, to, happen. and it's and it's not just hockey. I think it's going to happen across all sport. Oh yeah, yeah I think you're, you're going to see it in 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 basketball and, and and football and baseball as well. But yes, I think that that's where we're headed. I really but, do, and it's, it's well, a shame. Uh, hell, we we saw it what a decade, almost two decades ago. Eli Manning said he didn't want to play for the Chargers, and they still drafted him anyway, right? And then they dealt him to the Giants, yeah, right? Like we, that, they had that deal in place. I know, but I'm saying that draft, like we yeah. we have seen it before, where a high prospect, a a soon John sure Elway, to be John, go high, back to John Elway in football. I mean, that happened yeah. in, the, in the early '80s. The Colts, you know, I mean, he didn't want to play yep. with the Colts. He ended yep. up going to getting traded to Denver. I mean, you know, it happens. It happens in baseball. Not you don't get traded so much. What ends up happening is you just don't sign. A team drafts you, and then you don't sign, and you go back in the draft a second time, right? I mean, that's yeah. usually what happens in baseball. Anthony, um, and the other the other thing too, right? With you, Anthony, with baseball is is that deal that um, that Otani signed, right, with the Dodgers? I know I, we're not talking, yeah. I'm not talking about baseball, but how many more of those type of deals are going to come? Like that, the, the they prefer of, the money. Where the, the money state all of California has lost their yeah. fucking marbles, right, because they can't get their tax money out of that contract. Yeah, right. So, because right, and that's, I mean, that was, that was, in all honesty, that was a really smart thing from Otani and his agents to set to there basically say, we'll defer all that money. He'll be fine until then. And then by that point, he won't be living in California anymore. So he won't get taxed on that money. So that therefore he can, he can keep a lot more of it as opposed to having it taxed now. So that was, that was actually a pretty smart move by his representatives. It's pretty so, bananas. It, it, it was, bananas. it was, it was, it was very smart. And at some point, I have to imagine that baseball is going to close that loophole because it never should have been opened in the first place. Yeah. Oh, the poor um, guy's got to live on $2 million a year. I mean, what a shame. What a shame. Guys, I'm assuming that you're going to understand this reference, but we saw uh, David Waitman tweeted this at us and said that we need to redo this poster with us on it. So did, did you guys watch Entourage? Let me start yeah, there. Of course. Yeah. Bundy, did you watch Entourage when it was on of TV? Course. Okay. Of course. So who's who? We need to put the organ player in there. He's kind of one of us. <laughs> You're right. He's one of us. Uh, 
I love when he gets questions about our show. That's the best part about it. He's sitting there playing the organ, and people are walking up to him to ask, "Where's right, Bundy? See. Is Bundy going to come back?" <laughs> Dude, I love, the- I love, I love that organ player. Dude, I, what's his name? Do we know his name? I believe his name is Michael. Yeah. Hey, hey! <laughs> Dude, I, I, I do he's love. Like, he is. He's he's absolutely become part of the snow the goalie. Uh, I mean, he was in the middle of he was in the middle of playing on the organ, and that woman who I mean, you got to hang out with her and her husband afterwards, Bundy, which was awesome. But she just walked up to him in the middle of him playing to ask when you were coming back, <laughs> so that they could meet you and do it. And like he's in the city, he's sitting there and he's playing on the organ, and she's trying to get his attention. And he finally oh stops, God. and he comes over to me and Russ. And he's like. When is Bundy coming back? <laughs> yeah, I, she, kept calling, she kept calling him baby. So I yeah. thought it was his like his girlfriend <laughs> or wife or whatever. And I said, you don't know her? He's like, no, I have no idea who she is. She kept going, baby, baby, baby. Uh... When's Bundy coming back? She was wasted. Um, we have some uh, some answers here very early. Brandon Vicara says that I have to clearly be E as to Sean. Joe Horakovsky says that intern Andrew is turtle. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Fawcett disagrees, says that the organ player has to be Turtle. <laughs> uh, John Hauser says Torts is Ari Gold. I don't Tor- think he's allowed. He's not in our entourage. That's right. Not in our entourage. Not, not allowed. He doesn't like not entourages. Allowed. No, he's not. He's not a big fan. Uh, Eric H. says that Bundy is definitely Johnny Drama. John- <laughs> <laughs> H.C. asks why Charlie O'Connor's on the far right in the Somebody there. tweet this at Charlie O'Connor. Let him know that that he looks like E. Yeah. I never made that connection. That was actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Brandon think Brandon thinks that uh, Bundy is Vinny. Joe Horkowski thinks that Ant is Vinny. I like that there's yeah. a disagreement here. All right, so we're gonna have to. We need um, Corn Pop to the do the Photoshop. Yeah, do do the Photoshop. I think that's yeah. where we're at now. Yeah, yeah. got to Photoshop the entourage photo. Yeah. We gotta get our. We gotta get the organ player. We gotta get a headshot of him next game. Yeah, and then we'll. He's joined, we'll, he's we'll put it together. I wonder if they have it on their site somewhere. I found him. I I actually looked for him because. Great guy. Westchester, was, right? The connection. Yeah, Westchester connection. But here's so really quick, really funny thing. He's the organ player at St. John's in Hatboro, and I thought he meant St. John Bosco, which is where my father-in-law is the deacon. So we're like we're we're talk I'm I'm talking to a friend of his who I guess like knows him from church. I'm like, "Oh my god, I didn't realize that he was the organ player. I didn't know he was the, I didn't think he was." And so then we start talking. He's like, "No, no, no. St. John's across the street." Who decides to put St. John's across the street from St. John Bosco? It doesn't make any sense. And I think I think the one is like a Protestant church. So I'm even more confused. But anyway, Ed Coleman asks who's going to do the spreadsheet. I think Allison's going to have to. Allison's going to have to do the, yeah. Allison is our. Make make a new page, Allison. She's our czar of uh, spreadsheets or something, right? So I think we hit everything that we wanted to hit today, right? Well, we didn't really go over the the, the play on coots. The the coots slash, the the two-hand slash to the knee and no penalty called. Yeah. Uh, Not getting a lot of respect early on as the captain, huh? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, and it was uh, Tyler Bertuzzi that that took the took a two hand swipe across his knee. And uh, yeah, if you watch the replay, I look. I can't. A, I can't believe it wasn't called a penalty. And then B, I'd, I'd be a little bit surprised if he doesn't get a call from the league. 
I mean, you could hear Coots yell out in pain over this. I mean, I, Bundy, did you get to see the replay of it? I mean, it, it, it uh, took him out of the game. They basically, he didn't play the whole last six minutes of the game in already overtime. Uh, heavy chop. Um, you know, it's funny. that the, I mean, again, I always said uh, Jason uh, Mertides asked me in the Flyer pregame last night, you know, what memories do you have of Toronto? And I said, uh, right off the cap, I said uh, that we had to kill two more penalties a game than they did when we played there. Yeah. Uh, so last night in the same play, he started laughing. But I, you know, what was funny was that the, if you watch the game last night, there was two high sticks missed by Toronto players on Flyers players uh, in the third period. And I'm like, you know what? That's just fucking typical. Like the ref, oh, he didn't see it. You know, we're in Toronto. He didn't see it. But yeah. then there was a play later where the Flyers actually got away with one. Um, and and the, the rest put the whistle away. So I thought it was kind of a makeup because it could have been at a really interesting time in the game. Um, yeah, I mean that that was a bad one. I'm sure, and I and I think anytime you get something like a heavy chop like that when you're not seeing it or back of the legs, I I, I absolutely think um, it'll have to be reviewed. Who took was that Bertuzzi that that uh, yeah, took the it chop? Yeah, it was yeah, it was Bertuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> and he can't score at all. Like they were giving it him last night on the TSN broadcast apparently for because just can't score he's got no confidence um yeah I would think that would be worthy of a call um a hundred percent you know those are the yeah. ones those are the plays that you want to take away from from out of the game right like the stupidity and make guys pay for it one thing I did love last night which we don't see enough of that hit by Benoit last night on Cam York that was mm-hmm. a great hit Great hit. And I, I mean, I just want people to understand that that's the kind of hit that we advocate for, we think is fine. You got to keep your head up sometimes. You can't just go in like that. And, and I think that that, you know, he's got 160 some hits. I just want people to know that there's still room for physicality and good, clean hits. And I know that didn't end well for York in that, but there has to be times where, there, where there, there, there's physicality in the game. Because that that's the play where, that was the play where Delorier stepped in. Yes. Right. He and did. so that would change the game and, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and they talked about that after the game. I think Sandheim was asked about it. Um, he was asked, like, if the Delorier fight helped to kind of get things going. He was like, yeah, 100%. And I guess, listen, I was about as critical as I think all three of us were to some extent um, about the Delorier signing. My problem really was the no movement clause because it was insane. But Delorier did exactly what you expect a guy in his role to do especially as it pertains to protecting the younger guys on the team, to have somebody on the ice who can step in, step up. And even though, as Bundy said, it was a clean hit, it didn't end well. York got hurt. Um, Delorgate did exactly what he's supposed to do. And so, like, there, there you go. Like, to the people who, I guess, shit on the idea of having a guy like that on the team, that's exactly why, especially as a rebuilding team that's going to lean so much on youth, why it is valuable to have a guy like that on the ice to, you know, hold the opposition accountable. So, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to get to here, Ant? Are you, you, ch- you champing you up a bit for anything? Well, no. I, yeah, to wrap it up. But, I mean, you okay. would, <laughs> you didn't, just because you promote it, I figure it's worth probably doing something on it. You did say that you wanted to talk about Lawton trade scenario in the prom- well, in the. You know, we, tweet, I think right? we I think we kind of talked about it a little bit, but okay. you know, you you wrote about it. Well, you you mentioned it earlier, but you wrote about it on Crossing Broad that uh, there's a team in the division that has inquired yeah. about Scott Lawton. We know that there were about three teams I want to say in the offseason that were interested in him. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if you want to elaborate on that, if you want to name drop the team, but no. it's, it's certainly interesting that there's a team in the division that is looking to obviously fortify what is probably going to be a playoff team. You're not going to go after the guy if you're a bottom feeder, so unless you're Buffalo. Yeah, but. no, no. Um, the question is going to be how much teams are willing to pay because – what I was, what, you know, the information that I had originally gotten, and it came from outside the Flyers organization, hmm. um, and then I had to check it with the Flyers organization. And when I checked with people in the Flyers organization, they confirmed that they had been talking to the team, but they they said that the report of what was offered was not accurate. So I'm leaving that part out of it. But yes, they're. There is conversation that is happening, and uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure where Scott Lawton's future is. And I think that it's important that we note that when, like little things, there, there are little things that you can pick up on in conversations, right, that, that, mm-hmm. are, that are public. And when Torts was asked about the new leadership group, he talked about Couturier, he talked about TK, he didn't talk about Lawton. Now. Granted, Lawton had a letter in advance. Before that, you could sit there and say, well, that's why he didn't talk about him, because he was already a guy with a letter. I get it. But you just you talked about this brand-new leadership group. You would think that it would at least be something that would be said about the guy, about how, you know, oh, and he's keeping the A because he's been such a great leader for us for all this time, blah, blah, blah. blah. I, and then he did say there are other leaders in that room, not just these guys. And so, like, it kind of, when you start putting things together, you kind of feel realize that, they're probably going to move on from Lawton if they get the right return. Mm-hmm. What I was originally told, uh, I could say this, was that this team had offered, this Metro Division team had offered a first-round pick. I was then told by someone in the Flyers organization that, that was absolutely 100% not true, that they were not offered a first-round pick. Um, but if it gets there, I think that the Flyers take that deal. So, yeah. Do you think they'd be open to a second and a change of scenery guy, kind of like the Giroud deal that ended up netting you yes. and Tippett? Like that, well, that would seem to... Yes. I mean, I mean, Giroud, they got a first, but I know I mean, they got a first, but I'm saying, like, yeah. I, I'm saying the, the, the part of that, the change the of scenery, the guy that hasn't developed the same way. Like, do you think they'd rather yeah. go for a guy who has proven that they can play at the NHL level, but maybe has underwhelmed and take that with a second if that's the best available? Or do you think that they hold out for the first because they, they view the first as being so much more valuable? I guess it depends on what year the first is, Russ, right? I mean, if it's if you're talking about a team that's at the back end of the first round in 24, that first round pick is not as valuable as, say, a first round pick in 25 if it right, might yeah. be a little bit higher up the draft, right? So, um, yeah, there's some interesting conversations going on, and I'm not I'm not a hundred. I think I, I I think that there's enough out there with teams that are interested, and they maybe just haven't gotten to the point where the Flyers are comfortable saying that's that's a deal we'll take. But as the, the deadline approaches, those offers are going to get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And I think Danny is smart playing that waiting game a little bit. And especially if you see Lawton start to play better, which he has in the last few games, he's played pretty well. Um, I think that that will only increase his value um, yeah. Yeah, going into the deadline. Buddy, there were two questions earmarked yeah, for you I'm, here. I'm, I'm going to answer them both. Uh, I see them both okay. about uh, Yes, okay. I, I was mentioned in trade rumors, but I don't know. But again, you know, different back then. 
Um, rumors are one thing and how they, where they come out of, whether or not they're sourced or not is two different things. But yes, I heard my name and I, it, it bothered me. Uh, sure. Sure. I, I, especially after my first few years when you made it home here. So, but I ended up going like a, a long time without it. So, um, that was pretty cool. Uh, the other thing is, does it shake up a room? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, you get, uh, you know, close to your teammates and guys that you, you know, become friends with, uh, you know, you get to know their families and stuff and you go to battle with these guys, uh, you know, three nights a week. So yeah, yeah it sucks. It, it absolutely does. That's the human side of it. But at the same time, if you know, there's an, another opportunity for a guy, uh, like that, um, you know, and, and an opportunity for him to move on and maybe have a better chance. You're going to be happy for that guy also, but at the same time, miss him. If I, I see Kako and Lafreniere <laughs> and three first round picks. Yeah. No I mean, less. people are now thinking like, Kako. like if, <laughs> if the Rangers gave Kako for Lawton, I would have to ask why. Uh, like, because I know he, I, I know his numbers are way down like Kako, but I mean, he was still like the number two overall pick not long ago. He was a star in the World Junior Tournament, and I'm not sure if that – like, you talk about a guy that needs a change of scenery. The problem is he was the number two overall pick. He wasn't the number 22 overall pick that needs a change mm-hmm. of scenery. That's an interesting one, and I, I don't have enough time left in the day to talk about that one. But the Rangers are interesting with their young guys because their young guys uh, are not the meat and potatoes of their team. It's, it's their veteran guys that really are. So, like, yeah. the one and two pick in Lafreniere and Kako, they're not – like Crosby and Malkin at all. So anyway, makes sense. Yeah. But like, I, I think that that, especially in a rebuild, like, and I, I think that if, if somehow you were offered Kako for Lawton, that's you say, probably, you, you say yes. And hard. Yeah. You don't even think about it. Yeah. Like you don't even go back to your people. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Like you just so. take it. Right. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens that, here. But that I, would, I, I, I don't think that would happen. By any I think it's probably safe to say, guys, that the trade deadline is going to be interesting this year. I don't uh-huh. expect that we're going to have a GM who talks about how hard it is to make trades or who tells us that uh, he made a lot of calls, right? I think that they're they're probably going to have to make some painful calls. The last thing I wanted to get here before we head out, and, and it, it really does pertain to the trade deadline, Rasmus Ristolainen had garnered some interest from other teams, and he's now hurt, and it doesn't sound like he's coming back this weekend as they originally hoped well, he would. Certainly not coming back this weekend. Uh, but you know, the initial report was minor injury. Hope is that he's back for the weekend, and he's not. Uh, if if teams were interested in him, I'm not saying that this injury is going to take them totally out, but if he can't be moved at the deadline that might fundamentally change some of the other moves, right? Like if, if they were hoping to get off of his cap hit and then maybe re-sign a, a Walker, does this now change the calculus where they say, well, shit, if we can get something of value for Walker, now we have to consider taking it because we can't move Risto. Like, is that is that a pretty safe line of thinking? Um, yeah, it's a tough, it's, it, it's going to, it would be really tough for them to sign Sean Walker to a new contract at the number that he's looking at, which is similar to what Risto is making currently, and have Risto's contract on the books at the same time. They can't. They, I don't. I don't see how it's possible. Um, even talking to some people like, with the team, like there's there's not a way around that. There's not a way for both of them to exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if it, if you are insistent upon finding a way to keep Sean Walker 
you have to move Risto's contract. And so with Risto being out, um, you probably can't sign Walker, and so therefore you probably have to get an asset in return in a trade for him. Unless you just sit there and say, look, we're willing to just lose him in the offseason because he's going to get that money, right? Yeah. Or we'll take the, the other that, – that, that, that is the only other option. The only other option is maybe you can move Risto in the offseason and there's interest in him around the league. This is not like, oh, we don't – nobody likes Rasmus Ristolainen. There is interest in him. Um, and, and the belief from other teams is that, okay, well, the Flyers are willing to move it. Maybe we talk to them in June, right before the draft, and make a trade and get that kind of player. And maybe so, if you're Danny, maybe you take a gamble and say, you know what, we're going to hold on to Sean Walker, get through, see how far we go this year. Don't trade him, and then if we can move Risto come June, then we maybe say to Sean Walker, hey, you really flourished here. You did well here. We like you. Sign with us before July first because we have exclusive negotiating rights with the guy until July 1. Sign with us. We'll give you that contract that you're looking for. So that that is a possibility still that's out there, but that that you're you're kind of gambling that you can do that and get that done before July 1 if you don't trade him prior to March 8th. And so that that's what the that's the internal debate that they're having right now as to what what to do in that regard. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff, guys. Um, Bunny, anything you want to plug? Do you have anything coming up uh, that you want to promote? Oh, as always, anybody struggling with any kind of addiction issues, mental health, uh, you can reach us at PennsylvaniaRecoveryCenter.com uh, or Bundy Recovery on Facebook. Sometimes we get people, and it's, and I get like hidden messages come across. So if we ever miss you, I always tell you just Google Pennsylvania Recovery Center. We have multiple locations in the area. Uh, that are all conveniently located for anybody struggling with addiction or mental health issues. Thanks. That's awesome stuff. And then the last thing here before we head out is that we have the live show coming up on March 16th at La Cecilia down in Oxford, PA. Mm -hmm. Big old Italian buffet. It's going to be a great night. We're doing the press road show for Flyers versus Bruins. Make sure you get your tickets today. Shop.snowthegoalie.com. While you're there, pick up some of the great merch that we have available on the site. But massive Italian buffet. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's pretty it's much like having you know, dinner in a show. style buffet. <laughs> We're going to have a great buffet, me and Anthony. We're going to slobber on down some of the baked ziti I didn't know existed until I came to Philly. And we're going to have a parm. We're going to have sausage. <laughs> All kinds of great food. Come down to Last Sicilia and I'll talk about hockey with you all night long. The one thing, Hitch, there won't be any bagels there, unfortunately. No bagels. No bagels. It's not a breakfast buffet. Not a breakfast buffet. That feeling when you dip into the big ziti and you don't blow on it first. <laughs> when you get to the dessert line and all the tiramisu's gone. <laughs> so good. When you when when you uh you realize 
that all of the lasagna that was supposed to be out is gone and you look at the person serving it and you say, excuse me, is there going to be any more lasagna? And all they say to you is... I'm not answering your questions. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> We're going to figure it out. We'll figure it out together. La Cecilia, March 16th. It's going to be a great time. A big thank you to them for hosting us for that live show. Again, shop.snowthegoalie.com. And a big thank you to our friends at Pack Horse Moving. Don't forget, use promo code SNOW to get $77 off your next move. Um, spread the word. And if you know anybody who's going to move, tell them. Seriously, $77 off. And they will outdo, I don't know, I'd say virtually any other moving company that you try to get a price from. So big thank you to Pack Horse Moving for sponsoring the show. And, of course, a massive thank you to everybody who joined us here on the live feed, on the live stream, on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, guys, just looking ahead to what the Flyers have coming up uh, over the next week. You know, they they pick up the point on the road against Toronto. Uh, they are back in action on Saturday against the Devils. I don't know. Are we going to do a morning after on Sunday? What are your thoughts? <laughs> it ain't going to be at 8.30. No, Sunday <laughs> we can do a little bit later. Okay. Yeah, so we'll probably do a morning after on Sunday, Sunday morning, not super early, maybe like 10-ish. Yeah. 10-ish work for you guys. Yeah. Uh, so we'll figure that one out. Um, and then they are on the road against the Blackhawks next Wednesday. And they have uh, the, or sorry, I'm an idiot. Tomorrow's game is the stadium series game. Yeah. So it'll be a late one. We are yeah, not going to be there. Can, there. Can, there. Can, you, can you clip up that line right there that you just said? What? Just, so we have that as a drop. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm just yeah, curious. I could do that. I could do that. Snip that one. Uh, listen, uh, there have been a lot of questions about if we were going to go up and do the game. We are not. Um, the NHL handles the credential requests. We did not submit them. We were trying to get a setup to yeah, do was... the press the, to do the press road show. Right. Um, and I know that there was too... a lot of frustration with like how the league was handling some of the stuff. So we just ultimately said it's not worth the it, the hassle. It's just that it was it was just just to kind of give a. I mean, I don't want to go too far behind the scenes, but it's just too much of a pain in the rear end for us to get set up there, mm-hmm. and we can't actually do it in the press box itself because there's so many media around, and it would be very distracting um, yeah. for everybody else for to have the three of us sitting there blabbering on during the game. Right. I mean, so how the hell could we be seen as distracting? It's not like, <laughs> can you like imagine some of, something like that happening <laughs> and all the, all the, you know, national writers sitting there trying to type on their, on their laptops and stuff. So yeah. So because of that, because we couldn't set up there, it didn't make any sense for us to, to go up and, and just, be I there. think our, our only other choice, I think, would have been out on the concourse. So we would have been sitting out in fourteen in, degree weather. In fourteen degree weather, and yeah, if we if we have a hard time getting really into an Andrew, to, I didn't see that. Is that what yeah. the weather's going to be? It's supposed to snow with the, too. With the wind chill, it's going to be about fourteen. I think it's going to be like twenty six or something like that. Twenty seven. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be brutal. Anybody who's going down to the game, we wish you the best. We hope you have a really great time, uh, but we will not be there for that. So. We'll talk to you all on Sunday morning, and then we'll uh, figure out a time that we'll do the show again next week. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and we look forward to talking to everybody on Sunday. So for Ant, who's on Twitter, at Philly, for Bundy, who's on Twitter, at Cetarian6, I'm Russ on Twitter, at JoyOnBroad. Thank you so much for listening to, maybe even watching, Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. We will talk to all of you on Sunday morning. Bye, everybody.